There are some astounding promises of God for us, the elect of God, in the Bible. In 1975, as a new Christian, I came across Isaiah chapter 54, verse 17. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. At that time, I owned a small business in American Indian Arts in Dallas, Texas. A man filed a lawsuit against me. My lawyers were fighting the case in the courts, but the bills from the lawyers were eating up all the profit from my small business. And I knew if I continued very long in this situation, I was going to be back in debt. And God had told me to get out of debt and stay out of debt. I had gotten out of debt, and now through no fault of my own, my life is heading toward debt again. When I saw this scripture, this was the answer. No weapon that is formed against me will prosper. I'm now a Christian, so this belongs to me. This promise from God belonged to me. This was how I reasoned. Well, if a weapon that's formed against me can't prosper, this lawsuit was certainly a weapon, so it could not prosper. And another weapon against me were my own attorney's fees, which were eating up all the money from my business. So I decided, based on this scripture, that I would dismiss my attorneys and go to court without any human legal counsel. Let's look at the scripture once again. No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. As a new Christian at that time, I decided that I would go talk to my pastor about my plan. En route to talking with the pastor, I was praying for God to give him wisdom. James 1.5, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. So I was praying for my pastor to have wisdom as he counseled me. When I explained the situation to him, he looked at me and said, Joan, I perceive that you have faith to do this this way. And that's all I needed. I called the lawyers immediately and told them I'm now a Christian. And as a Christian, this scripture says no weapon can prosper against me. Therefore, I was going to release them from this case and go to court without any human legal counsel. My lawyer said, oh, Joan, you can't do that. He said, you just don't realize how evil the courts are. And I said, Gordon, 
I'm now a Christian and this is what the Bible says. And this is what I believe will happen. So this is what I'm going to do. About a week after I dismissed the lawyers, by the way, they had said, but we're willing to work with you and it only cost about $10,000 more to try this case. And I said, ah, Gordon, stop. Don't do anything more. <laughs> I mean, $10,000 more. I probably had a total of maybe $500 to my name at that time. And here it's going to be $10,000 more? I said, oh no, Gordon, don't do anything else. About a week after that, Gordon came into my shop. And he said, Joan, we have discussed your case at the law firm. This was a big law firm, downtown Dallas, 28th floor of Bryan Towers, covered the whole floor. And he said, we have discussed your case at the law firm. And we have decided that we will try your case without any further expense to you. What's going on here? One week, it's going to be $10,000 more to try the case. The next week, it's going to be no further legal expense. But I didn't hear him mention God in this plan. So I simply said, Gordon, I'm going to have to get back with you on this. When he left the shop, I began praying, God, what do you want me to do? I was reminded of Abraham. We'll look at the scripture. There had been a big battle, and Abraham's nephew Lot was taken captive. Abraham went out to get Lot away from the army where he had been taken captive, and Abraham rescued him. Verse 21 of Genesis 14, And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lift up mine hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latchet, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou shouldst say, I have made Abram rich. That verse 23 is the one that I was reminded of when I asked God what to do about the free legal counsel. God was saying to me, don't take it. Depend on me. This is such an important verse of scripture. Abraham made a decision, I will take nothing of anyone else's, of any humans, lest they should say, I have made Abram rich. I don't want my riches to come from lottery or any human or governments of men. I want my wealth or riches or substance to come from God, like Abraham said he did. So I knew God was showing me what to do, turn down this free legal service. That's exactly what I did. And I planned to go to court without any human legal counsel based on that scripture in Isaiah 54, verse 17. During the time that passed between the 
lawsuit being filed and the actual court trial, which was several weeks. Of course I was frightened. But God would give me scripture when I was afraid. And I would write that scripture down and look at that verse of scripture and that would settle me. Then the next day when fear came, I would, God would give me a scripture and I would write it down. I think I had about 14 scriptures at the time to sustain me that God had given me by his spirit by calling those scriptures to my mind. I put all of the scriptures on a cassette tape recording front and back. And when I would go to bed at night, I would turn on the cassette to comfort me and strengthen me. And I would go to sleep, and in the night when I awoke, I would start the cassette player again. Six days before we were to go to trial, this man's lawyer called me, and he said, I'm calling you because you don't have a lawyer. I need to let you know that our client has dropped all charges. He said, we tried to get him not to file this lawsuit against you because there's just no basis, but he was like a madman. He would not listen to us. It was over. My lawyer came in a couple of weeks after it was over, and he said, I want you to know that at the law firm, we have been discussing what happened. And he said, we believe at the law firm that what you said happened, happened, that no weapon that formed against you would prosper. Then in 2019, God showed me something else about this scripture. At the end of Isaiah 54, 17, it says, this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. And instantly God opened my eyes to understand this. When God shows us to do something and we do it, our righteousness is of him. As a servant of God, my righteousness is of God because I'm doing that which God showed me to do in the situation pertaining to this present life. So that makes my righteousness to be of God. Any time you have sought God on a situation and you do things the way God says to do them, your righteousness is of God. Another example of this Recently, one of our neighbors, who is a tennis coach, came by our house to thank Pam for taking care of her dogs while she was gone on a tournament. She came in my room and talked to me for a few minutes, and I was showing her that I was using some tennis wristbands to help me with my broken wrists because I have both of my wrist have been broken in separate falls, separate accidents, and that it was helping me. And she saw the wristbands, and she said, when she looked at them, they're very bright colors. They have all kinds of colors, of bands of colors, uh, blue and purple and orange and red and green. And she saw these colorful wristbands 
And she says, does this mean that you support gays and lesbians? I was just shocked. I was so stunned. I just said, no, I don't think so. That's all I said. After she left, I thought, what on earth is she talking about? How can this colorful wristband have anything to do with gays and lesbians? Now, I had suspected she was lesbian. And Pam had had some dreams about her, which we think were showing that she was lesbian. And I believe what she was trying to do is find out if we supported lesbians. So I said to God, what do you want me to do about this? And I felt what we should do is simply write her an email, which Pam did, and tell her since she asked that question, she might like to hear what God has to say about homosexuals and lesbians. So Pam attached our podcast on the subject of homosexuals and lesbians, what the Bible says. So all she had to do is click on that to hear the podcast. We've heard nothing at all from her since that time. I was pretty sure she wouldn't listen to the podcast. But the thing it did is freed me. It freed us. It freed Pam. It freed me. It freed us from her thinking that we were going to support her, that we were somehow going to approve her in her activities. And I was so thankful to God because there was no big uproar about it. It was so strange to me when it happened because all I said is, when she said, does this mean you support homosexuals and lesbians? All I said was, no, I don't think so. That's all I said. I didn't quote scripture to her. I didn't tell her what God said. I didn't do anything. I think that's so interesting. Normally, I would have told them what God said and gone into a lecture about it. This time I didn't because the Holy Spirit didn't show me to do it. I spoke what I had at that moment. But I sent her the podcast on what the Bible says about homosexuals and lesbians. It's vile affections, Romans chapter 1. It's vile affections. That's God's view of homosexual and lesbian. And it says in Romans 1 that God turned them over to vile affections because they worshiped the creature more than the creator. And it spells it out very clearly in Romans 1. Well, we'll just read it. Start at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. For this cause, God did gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was meat. 
and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. That's Romans chapter 1. That's God's view of homosexual and lesbians. We come along and we simply conform our view to what God says in the Bible. Paul said, Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. So as we renew our mind to what God says in the Bible, knowing that all scripture is inspired by God, so we renew our mind to the Bible and we conform our thinking to that which is in the Bible. That's what we do as long as we live on this earth. At the day of judgment, we are justified because it is the word of God that will judge us. So at the day of judgment, as long as we are conformed to the scriptures in our thinking and do according to the scriptures and profess the scriptures and agree with the scriptures in front of humans, we're in good condition for the day of judgment. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 tells us we will all appear at the judgment seat of Christ. Paul says, starting in verse 9, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, of God, of Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. We will all appear at the judgment seat of Christ, and at that time we will be judged by that which the New Testament Bible professes. That is the doctrine of Christ, the New Testament Bible. So we conform our thinking not to what we see on television, not to what our neighbors are doing, not to this world. We conform our thinking as Christians to the New Testament Bible. And that's what we go by. And that is where we will stand at the judgment seat of Christ. We will be judged by the words of the New Testament Bible. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.